Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And many of you know that this is our street smart spirituality hour. And this is where we get to explore many different aspects of our lives, certain things that we wouldn't necessarily talk about or be conscious of or be aware of. I'm your host, Dr. Pat Basili. I am the host of the Dr. Pat Show, now live over 14 hours um, internationally as well as out of Seattle, Boston, Chicago, and Tampa. For those of you listening to the show and want to find out more about us, the website's got it all www.drpatshow.com, drpatshow.com. And I have to tell you, I am absolutely jazzed about today's show. Many of you have our newsletter, so you already have the inside scoop about what we're going to be talking about today. But for those of you that don't, I'm going to give you a sneak preview of what this is like. Have you ever heard of people, incredible people, getting in touch with an aspect of themselves that they would normally never have gotten in touch with. I mean, imagine at a very young age having a near-death experience and have that experience alter the future of who you are and what you do. And when you think about that, many of us have had, let's call it, close encounters of the many different kinds. But what is it like to get a shift, to get a wake-up call, to get acknowledgement, to get something that happens that just all of a sudden, wow, the light bulbs go on. And so my guest today, Renee, Renee Jorgensen, is here with us, a philosopher. He's a member of the International Association of Near-Death Studies, and he's joining us today to bring some insight, to bring a conversation to the table that perhaps we have not had. And so I'm honored and thrilled to have him join the show today and to talk about his experiences. Renee, thank you so much for joining the show. Yes, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really happy to be here. You know, we, we see movies. We, we understand about near-death experience. We've now even been brought into what it's like to uh, now be dead and, and be on the other side and, and be looking and seeing about what's going on here in terms of our energy. And so for you, did you ever think that you'd be now on a show like this talking about the experience we're about to talk about? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I should say I was, uh, I was actually an atheist before. Uh-huh. So any talk of religion, God, or anything spiritual, I would uh, totally not involve myself in that. I would always argue with people that if God is real, then where is the proof? That's Physical right. proof, right? Right. So I was really like that. I, I was really arguing. Uh, I was an argumentative uh, atheist, you could say. So no, I, I, I would not imagine myself to be here. But then again, I would also not be able to imagine the experience I had, which is truly out of this world. It's truly of another dimension. So that's obviously what it took for me to uh, wake up and change the direction of my life. Well, you, you've taken uh, the information, you've taken your experience, and you've put it together in an, an incredible book. And, uh, you know, helping people understand the multidimensional aspect of, of who we are. I mean, there's so much we don't know, so much we do speculate about, and then there's also the aspect of who we are that has been biased by certain practices, certain behavior, certain ideologies, all of this. And I think people are confused and at the same time longing to find the truth. What do you think? I totally agree. I think what you're talking about is 
some organized religions, they would rather tell you what to do than to show you your true nature, who you really are, so you can find out to do things by yourself. I mean, they would rather create followers. So this aspect, this very, very important spiritual aspect of answering the question, who am I, and finding our essence, our true nature, which is really our truth in life, and this really, this aspect has been left out in many religious traditions, and that's really a shame because, for me, the near-death experience, and this is what I try to do in the book, I really try to explain how the essence, the core experience of the near-death experience of the light, is the experience of what is called the homecoming. It is the ultimate coming home to yourself, to your true nature, who you really are, and that is the oneness with this light and with God and infinite love of the universe. That is really who we are. You know, it's interesting. You could have probably called this book something like From Atheist to Spokesperson for the Afterlife. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so to speak, because, you know, I, I think for a lot of people, it, it, had you not come from two, from one place to another, which are really, uh, in, some, in, in a sense, two extreme opposites, you know? Yes. Uh, had you not done that, I'm not sure that all of us would have been so enthralled, so so captivated by your story and you know I, I want to get to this place in the show where you get to share that but let's talk a little bit about what people believe I mean how many people do you believe um, have this this view that there is an afterlife well actually in the US it's it's almost about, uh, I think it's 78%. I've seen a recent poll. So it's almost 8 in 10 people, they believe in the afterlife. So it is, uh, it is rather uh, wide because, uh, as, as we know, the, uh, the United States is very religious. So it's really almost 80% who believe in the afterlife. And, and we have different, uh, I, I think we have different aspects of what we believe happens in the afterlife. Yes, exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's some people that we believe will never, you know, see the light, and other people, uh, you know, believe that there are different aspects of that, and it's hard to make out what the truth is. Exactly. I mean, you will find, and also this you will find in, in, in America, that there is, uh, there is uh, almost a... A big majority, or at least uh, there, I think it's 36 percent who believe in the literal interpretation of the Bible. And then we, you know, some people move from that into saying that uh, that Jesus is the only way. You know, this kind of religious fundamentalism. And what we can learn from the near-death experience is that behind the fundamentalism, behind these uh, literal interpretation, we find the light. I call it the light behind God. Really what we have, we have these uh, concepts and images where we try to explain God, but behind it is something else. There is an energy that is experienced in the near-death experience. And it's really interesting because when you look at near-death experiences from other cultures, you will find that while some Christians, not all, and I would say actually it is uh, less, it is most people don't meet Christ or God, as we would think, it is more uh, meeting God in a very broad sense, like the nature of being. So it's very few, even Christians, who meet Christ. But also in other cultures, like you would have in a Buddhist culture, you would have them, they would meet the Buddha, or Hindus would meet uh, their religious figure. So when you, when you look cross-culture, you see that there is a conditioning 
our culture, our belief systems condition what we see, what we project into this meeting of the light. And if we go deeper, if we go deeper into the light and actually go into what's called the core experiences, then what we find there is that we have a feeling state on one hand, which is a very intense emotional state of peace, of love, of joy, and it's also, uh, it also contains a limit, unlimited knowledge, a form of very high wisdom. But then at the same time, we also have a very strong and heightened sense of awareness. Those two characteristics are really the core of what I call the light behind God, and they are very universal. They don't express a specific religious belief or a spe specific religious uh, figure. They're very, very, very universal. The best you can say is that it's a, it's a form of energy, like the, the structure, the material of, of reality in a way. Well, you know, Renee, I mean, your story is so interesting, fascinating, enlightening for so many people. Uh, and I want to make sure that our listeners, especially those of you that are just tuning in, you have a sense of oh, who my guest is today. You are listening to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And I want to say this. Um, my guest today, Renee Jorgensen, philosopher, and as I said before, member of the International Association of Near-Death Studies had his own experience, and we're talking about many things that he reveals um, in, in, in his book, in, in, in Awakening Afterlife. And many of us have thought about this. We certainly in the past decade have been overwhelmed, in a sense, by the many uh, Hollywood uh, renditions of afterlife in many, many different forms. And this conversation and the way that you address this in the book, I feel, is a way for people to get a sense, almost like a blueprint, of what your experience was and yes. and what they might expect. Is that your intention? Was that your intention to do that? Yes, very much. I, I, I chose the title Awakening Afterlife, which was really, in a way, that was my experience. I, I was an atheist. I was uh, selfish. I was a narcissist. I was just living, you know, according to my own rules. And my experience was very powerful. It was a very powerful awakening. And that's usually the case. Uh, the near-death experience is mostly described as an awakening experience. It's like this light, it expresses the ultimate truth, the absolute truth of the universe. So when we live in this uh, relative world, it's a very powerful awakening to meet this light. So I wrote the book to communicate this message from the other side, this message from the, from the light. And, but I didn't want to do it. I mean, I could have chose one specific spiritual or religious tradition and just, you know, go ahead and say this is the way things are. Right. But, but I wanted, because I think where we are today in our evolution, we need to evolve to the next level where we, where we, fight, where we kind of meet each other in this universal understanding of humanity and of religion and of whatever we do because the world is getting smaller and we really need to get along. We can't really keep on fighting like uh, immature children. So, so for this reason, I, I also personally, after my experience, I, I took my experience, this meeting of the light, which for me was the truth. I took this experience and then I went on a spiritual walk and I searched everywhere from yoga to gurus to, to churches to in every spiritual religion, in every spiritual tradition. I, I took this light and saw how does it compare to what they're teaching. And everywhere I went, 
it was the same I found. I found that in essence, behind whatever language and whatever uh, ritual I found, I found the light as the essence. And that's really when I began to study it in depth and, uh, and to study philosophy and religion on this basis. To try to make sense of it, to try to get deeper, to try to get behind our, our dogmatic and, and fundamental beliefs. Well, and this is opening the doors that so many people are opening. This is, this is really bringing the conversation to a new level because most of the time it's a conversation about what's not being done, what we don't have in common with another human being. And so when you come to the table and decide that the approach is going to be about oneness, how we are connected, um, I'm sure it has raised a few eyebrows out there, Renee. <laughs> yes. I, I, I still get emails from uh, so-called uh, uh, religious, uh, yeah, I, would, I, I usually I would call them fundamentalists, but I still get the emails from, I would say, concerned Christians, as they say they are. They are concerned about what I'm writing and what I'm teaching. And um, basically, it's because we do have a lot of uh, religious people who are at this immature stage where they really believe that because the Bible says that, you know, in, in John 14, 6, that uh, I am the way and the truth and no one comes to the Father except me. I mean, because you can find one line and interpret this line literally, then you can reject everything else and say that everybody else goes to hell. Uh, that's really, uh, for me, it's very unfortunate, but nonetheless, it's the reality we live in. So I do actually have a lot of debates, and I do have a lot of uh, email exchange with uh, some, of, some of these people, and I'm really trying to, in the hope that I can bring some light, out of compassion, I hope I can bring some light to their understanding, and it's, it's really firmly my belief that these near-death experiences, people who actually die and go somewhere else and come back with these amazing stories, I mean, there are really lessons to be learned here. There are really from these testimonies, and I, I use a lot of testimonies within the book that really try to express this dimension, which in a way cannot be expressed, but we can only try. And from these experiences, there is really a lot to be learned, and especially if we have a fundamental view on, on, on God or on religion then there's a lot to learn. Well, absolutely. And I want to make sure everyone knows, so if you want to follow along and check out what we're talking about on Renee's website, it's, it's really wonderful to get in and take a look at it. I mean, um, the book is available, and as we said before, there are many, many different aspects to this. You know, today with Renee Jorgensen, we're looking at his experience, and in a minute we're going to share a little bit about what that experience was so that you get a sense that we're bringing a real conversation. And we'd like to make sure that we open up the phone lines for you to connect with Renee directly because I bet you have as many questions as I have, perhaps even more, about uh, what this experience was like, what, what he has learned, what he's willing to share. And you know how to do that. The toll-free number is 877-876-5227. 877-876-5227, and we'll take your calls and connect you with Renee right here on the show. But as we look at these conversations, Renee, and, and we take a look at your journey, uh, much is to be said uh, for what you've experienced, but also what people believe. People believe in afterlife and after death, as you've said before, uh, almost a huge percentage. I think your website said 90% believe in God or some higher power. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and so it's hard to 
to not to imagine some way for us to be quote taken care of after this life. You see, I mean that's the idea. Why a be here work so hard if we're going to just crumble into dust? Exactly. Yeah, I think. If, you know, uh, the rest who, who don't believe in an afterlife, I mean, if it was so easy and simple that when we die it just goes black and then everything is over, I mean, that would be easy. I mean, that would mean that life in a way would have no purpose. There would be no meaning within it. But when it does continue, which the clear majority believes and which also the near-death experience gives evidence to, when it really does continue, then that tells us something that, that life has profound meaning it has a long perspective, and then it really becomes what the near-death experience, what really the message is that the purpose of life becomes to transform, to grow the soul. I mean, to it's, it, it's just like in, in, in Greek philosophy in, with Plato, we feel that we are told that, that the purpose is really to grow the soul, to learn. Each step throughout life we are learning. Well, you break this down in the book, and, and some of the folks that have read the book, and certainly for myself, you know, this is clearly um, a journey that we take with you to explore not only what, it's, what the experience was like for you, but the journey of going through and understand the deeper meaning into life, how to apply it to the sciences. You know, is there, uh, is there anything to be said in, in the world of quantum physics that talks to um, what you write about in the book. And, and let's talk about that a little bit. And, and, but first, let's, let's hear a little bit about your, your near-death experience. Yeah, I, uh, well, first I should say I was not literally near to physical death. I had what's called an ego-death experience. Nonetheless, uh, it was a very deep experience in which I, I left my body and I met what mm -hmm. for me it was a very it was a transparent light like almost a, a, an energy and this was a very very powerful emotion it was like an explosion of love I, I usually say to people well try to imagine the most love you ever felt here on earth and then you would have to multiply this feeling a hundred times or maybe a, a thousand times it's really to leave this dimension and enter the dimension of the life is, is truly beyond imagination. It's very, very, very powerful. And it's also, it feels like you come home. You, you feel like you come home to yourself, your true nature. And for me, this realization that this is who I am, this is my true nature, and this is ultimately love, then I had what's called a life review because I, I, I understood I had lived my life being selfish and I'd been ignorant of this true nature being love, and therefore I'd hurt other people, and I'd caused, caused pain and suffering to others. And therefore, I went through a life review where I saw myself hurting other people. Like, I would see episodes of, I would be angry at my mother, make her cry, I would hurt an ex-girlfriend, and even down to an episode in high school, in, I don't know, remember which grade, but when I was really young and I was teasing a smaller girl from another grade, and, and I went into this experience, and I actually, instead of seeing myself doing this teasing and hurting this person, I would actually enter the other person and experience firsthand how the pain felt within her. And this brings us back to your question about uh, quantum physics, because even in quantum physics we are told that everything is entangled. It's the concept of quantum entanglement or non-locality. Even particles that are separate are really not separate. They are interconnected. And this is really what, what we experience and what 
everyone who has this life review experience in the near-death experience is that everything is connected, everything is one, and therefore if you cause pain and suffering to another, if you hurt another, you are actually hurting yourself. And this is what happens in this life review. You enter the other person's feelings of pain when you are actually the one causing the pain. And this is a form of teaching you that these actions are harmful and, and not good. Um, and after my life review, I also had a preview where I saw images of the world. I actually saw all the suffering and all the pain of the world. I saw the war, all the conflict, and I saw all the suffering and hunger and people in Africa. And at this point, it became uh, too strong for me, the pain, and I, I, I said, no, I had to stop this. And as soon as I said, no, I have to stop this, then the pain turned back into love again, and I was back in this wonderful, wonderful light of, of pure love and infinite compassion. What do you think the purpose was of you having that life review? It was to make me aware. It was, that was my awakening, that when I had heard these people, I had been ignorant. I had been selfish and ignorant, and I had also been unaware that this true nature of love or which all religions agree on, the golden rule, was really a truth. So because I, I was ignorant of that, I had been breaking the golden rule. I've been hurting other people. I've been selfish and, and not caring about others. And this was really my lesson. I had to learn to respect life, and I had to learn to respect the golden rule and respect other people. You know, Renee, uh, this has been, uh, for me, this question has been actually mind-boggling. I have not been able to make sense of what I'm about to ask you right now. Given all of the statistics we just talked about, all the people that believe in afterlife, right? Yes. Um, all of the conversations that get held, all of the movies that get made. I mean, uh, it's not like we're, we're exploring something that's being talked about for the first time. But given all of that, why is it so difficult in general for people to believe other people that have had near-death experiences? and talk about this. You, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I think we're, you know, right now with my show and this audience, we're probably preaching to the choir. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but but well, It's because I, I think it's always easier to reject, to say, I don't believe in that. Or, you know, I mean, we do this on so many occasions because it's the easy way out. Because really the implication of what I'm saying and the implication of near-death experiences, that life actually does continue and that we are actually responsible for our actions, that has an implication. That has an implication on how everyone lives their lives. And most people don't want to change. Most people don't. Their ego want to stay the same. We don't want to change. We well, don't the want ego to is the obstacle of the soul. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you know? So the ego makes up this excuse and says, oh, it's probably a dream, it's probably a hallucination or, or illusion or something. Um, and that's the easy way out. But, but really, I believe we have to be humble because we live in an infinite universe and we don't know what's out there. So we really have to be humble. But I also believe that when people naturally, 80% believe in the afterlife, 90% believe in God, um, they're, they're, they 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 we have a spiritual connection with this truth, what I'm talking about. It's like some people can sense it. Some people, they know it already intuitively. So I, I think those who are open and those who are spiritual or religious, they, they have a connection with, with what I'm talking about. They feel it naturally. 
Well, and and for this conversation, I want to uh, mention to all of the folks that are listening here, you are tuned in to the Dr. Pat Show. Uh, this is our Street Smart Spirituality Hour, and I've invited Renee Jorgensen to join us here today to talk about many, many things, but most importantly, he's written an incredible book. You can find out more about who he is and some of the articles that he's written, some of the things that he talks about by going to the website awakeningafterlife.com, awakeningafterlife.com. Many of you, I'm sure, are as curious as I am about what this means. And at the same time, we absolutely want to be hopeful about the afterlife. Uh, And I want to give you an opportunity to connect with Renee tonight to get your questions on the table or to share what your experience has been. I know many of you have shared with me that uh, you have had near-death experiences. Some of you have had them in operating rooms. Some of you have had them in remote places of the world um, and described them exactly as Renee does. And some of you uh, are not exactly sure if you even remember that this was near-death. It was just a different experience. And it gets hard to talk with people. That's why we've opened up the phone lines for you. 877-876-5227. That's in the United States and Canada. 888-815-9756. And we want to hear from you. I want to make sure we get your questions addressed and on the table. Because this is a conversation, Renee, that many people are actually afraid to have. Yes. You know? Yes, it is. is What was it like for you, right, after you had the experience? And now, there you were. Who did you share it with? Well, well, nobody. I mean, people (laughs) thought I was crazy. I mean, I couldn't really share it with anybody. I mean, my friends, family, everybody was atheist as well as I was before, so I couldn't really share it with anything. Actually, what I I did, uh, and you can also say that because... Being in this dimension, it's a moment of enlightenment. Mm-hmm. All the knowledge of the universe is, is within you in one instance as you are there. So coming back, you are really, you could say your mind is blown away, but li- really literally blown away. So I actually went through psychotherapy for about a year to get grounded again because the experience was so powerful and, and, and so it, it totally just blew my mind away. So I, I, I had to go through therapy to get grounded again. And as soon as I had done that, that's when I, I began my, my spiritual walk to search for answers. So it is something that really, it's, it, it, it's like there's so much information and the truth out there is so big that we are so small, we really can't handle it at once. And I guess also that's why life is about learning step by step. You know, as, as a child has to learn to walk step by step, we also as spiritual beings, we have to learn little by little. Because the truth is really powerful, it's really, really strong. Well, and you talk about this question about the truth. And when we say the truth, are we talking about infinite consciousness? Are we talking about God? Are we talking about um, redemption? I mean, we can break this down in so many ways for so many people. Uh, Do we have the right to actually perceive what the afterlife is. I mean, there are people that question themselves and wouldn't even explore that other than through um, maybe dogma or something that, you know, they've grown up to believe. This yeah. opens up a whole new conversation. Yeah, yeah. this is something, when we talk about truth, this is something I, I, I sometimes de, de discuss with the fundamentalists because, uh, of course, 
in our uh, Western view, when we use logic, black and white, right and wrong, when we think of truth in, in, in this way, in a dualistical manner, it's, it, it, that's really not what I'm talking about. It's more if you look, if we go back to, to Greece, in ancient Greek, uh, the meaning of truth is it means what's real or actual. So it, in a way, it means reality. So when I talk about truth, it is the experience of the ultimate reality. It's like we live in a, in a, like we could say, a, a lower dimension, and above us there is a higher dimension which, ha which has a higher truth. It has more information than what we have in this dimension because it's a higher dimension. And this is really what I mean about truth. It is the experience of, of the true nature of reality, in a way. It's not this black and white that uh, my way is right and uh -huh. yours is wrong. It's not like this at all. Well, that would, have, that would be a re-education for a whole bunch of us, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would, exactly, because that means we don't have to stop. I mean, we don't have to, you know, keep fighting over who's wrong and uh -huh. right. It, it, it's, it's truth is more like the experience of reality in a way. It is. And, you know, we have a caller that is uh, joining us in the conversation tonight. Um, who do we have on the line? Oh, my name's Jess. Your name is Jess? Yeah. Hi, Jess. Welcome Hi, Jess. to the show. Well, thank you for taking my call. I have a question. Um, I, I'd like to have a near-death experience to validate uh, the proof that there is life after death and there's God and there's love. So how would I go about it without dying? <laughs> that, you know, I think that is the $64 million question right there. Well, that's a big question. Well, actually... Um, I should say that the term near-death experience is usually regarded a little narrow, but in the study of near-death experiences, it is a lot wider because we, what we see is that people who have these type of experiences are not only the people who are literally near-death. Actually, the same type of experience happens through deep prayer or meditation. There is even the, what's called the Kundalini experience, which is also very, very, very similar. And even there are types of drugs, and I'm not going to do any advocation on this issue, it's uh, politically incorrect, but there are many ways that you can actually connect to the same experience. So how would you expedite it? Well, I, I, I would say, um, in a way, the essence of it is the experience of your true nature. It's the answer to the question, who am I? And I think this can be reached in many ways if you, if you go to church and you contemplate and this is a way you reach that state. Or if you do, for instance, meditation, which is something I use myself, when I go in deep meditation, I reach that space within me, which is my true nature. And this true nature is uh, its peaceful, it's joyful, it's loving, it's compassion. And whenever you're, you're in connection with this space within you, you are connected to that ultimate reality because that, those are the same qualities that people experience in the light. You know, Jess, let me say this to you. There are different ways that we can experience. For me, I had to go off in the desert at a really later point in my life for 10 days. And actually, even after being in the desert for 10 days with just water, um, I still didn't have that sense of it until I got lost. And, and what I mean by lost, I don't know if you know what it's like to be out in the desert and truly miles and miles and miles of sand and to turn around and, and for that moment not have any sense of where you are, how you're going to be found, or if you'll, if you'll live. Oh. And in that moment, the ego dies. Yes. Things yes. that you thought were important 
the high-paid salary, the new car, the relationship you thought you wanted, it gets burned away. And you get to choose in that moment what you're going to believe in. Are you going to believe in you having the power to connect to the highest source of energy there is? Or are you still going to believe in your fear and the, little, and the littleness that we have been meant to believe? And so, you know, when Renee says there are many ways to do this, that may be for you to explore some of the ways to get to a place that takes you out of the day-to-day of the, of the busyness of what we have where you can be open to what's already in front of you right now. So go, go out in the wilderness get lost. I've got to tell you, I don't recommend it. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I would go with people that know what they're doing, but actually if you've tried the other ways, if you've tried meditation, if you've yeah, tried, tried that. yeah, uh, been there, done that, didn't work for me kind of question, yeah. um, then you're probably like me. You're probably at that place where I needed and connected with um, a woman that had been taking people out into the desert for 30 years. Oh. And so on the Internet, there are lots of ways that you can create that experience for yourself. You've got to be willing to do it, though. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Unless we're, yeah, we, yeah. because we're with 24-7. I don't know, you know what your life is like, but if it's any, anything near mine or Renee's, then without having that break of time, it's hard to shut down the ego. Don't, wouldn't you say, Renee? No, I totally agree. And actually, as, as far as to going in the desert, I have actually done, uh, I've done a lot of things because I had to look for answers, but... I've done what's called the vision quest with the Native American Indians. Yes. And, and some of these have been four days uh, left in the, in the forest without food right. and without water. Right. And, and during these four days, especially because of the lack of water, you really, and this fasting, you really become humble. And in a way, the ego totally, it, it cannot survive in these conditions. And that's a way to move beyond the ego and, and, and in a way break the ego and experience what is beyond, which is the true self. So there are many ways um, to get there. Yeah, right, absolutely. And, you know, uh, you know, for me, imagine doing it after, like, that movie, The Blair Witch Project, was out. I mean, that will really shake up yeah. your life. <laughs> you know, so, so what we're saying to you is, you know, seek first that place where you can get in touch with your true nature if you cannot do it in the day-to-day of your life. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Please let us yeah. know. And if you go on the Internet, there are just many, many places. Vision Quest is one thing. Start out with a sweat lodge. I did that. Yep. And so, you know, check it out. See what, see what shows up for you. Yeah, I would say keep searching, too. Keep searching. You will get an answer. Do you know why you will get an answer? Because I'm searching. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you for calling in. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye. Uh, Renee, this is, um, uh, I, I love the question, and I, yes. and I loved, um, you know, how, how Jess talked about that. So many of us are searching, and your experience is probably not much different than that, you know, no. being in the ego, being in the self. Exactly, exactly. You know, you're not really thinking about uh, the person next to you or the compassion for those that have gone before you in your life. You're pretty much thinking about what your next game is, what your next win is. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, even though I am a lot different now than I than I used. We to be. both are. Are yeah. you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I should say I really uh, understand the question because uh, 
what I'm I'm talking about, the near-death experience, is really something that sounds almost too good to be true or mm-hmm. it's too incredible in a way. And and of course, it's easy for me to write this book and to share this information because I had the experience and it's like a rock. It's like for me, it's solid. Um, but of course, when you've not had that experience, it is it is it is a lot more easy to fall into doubt or into this relativity and not being quite sure. But I think, as we agreed on that, just keeping on the search, keeping on looking till you find that that's really that that's really the important part. Well, let's talk about this because what we also do, Renee, and I want to mention to everyone listening to the Dr. Pat show right now, Renee Jorgensen is my guest uh, guest right now. And his book is Awakening After Life. It's available on Amazon and just about anywhere uh, on his website. You can go to awakeningafterlife.com and check it out. Uh, we're talking about many, many things today. Just to give you a sense of the blueprint that he identifies in the book, really a way for us to take a look at what he has experienced and have the opportunity to allow ourselves to explore some of this. You know, Renee, we hear this word move towards the light. I mean, one of the most popular movies out ever about this was, I think, Poltergeist. And it captured the millions of people, and it opened the door for a conversation about the light. What do you have to say about that? Well, that is actually, the light is is actually the true nature of reality. That's how the near-death experiences are experienced, and that's also the same in my experience. And But as I said earlier, I also had a negative life review, which is actually in intensity and you could say pain is actually in a way similar to what the dogmatic religions tell us about burning in hell. It is a very painful experience to go through uh, this uh, seeing yourself causing all this pain and suffering to other people. So, of course, I've investigated this thing. I've investigated the, 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 the dogmatic interpretation, but I've also taken it from the perspective of the near-death experience of what can we learn from the near-death experience. And what we can learn here is that even though that people have these negative experiences, behind, behind the negative experience, the light, the love is still there. It's like when people have the experience of hell, it's like a mind state. You go into a negative state of guilt or blame or other negative patterns. And that's also where people get 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 locked up. There, there are even people in the near-death experience who see what they call trapped souls or trapped spirits, which would be equivalent to what we call ghosts. And these are really people who are, who are maybe not in line with their true nature. They, they, they don't have this uh, foundation upon which their soul rests. So they become lost in this other dimension, which is really powerful. And what I try to do is, is going through hell and guiding towards the light, because yes, go towards the light. That is really the most important message that we that is to be told of when we leave this body and when we go to the go to the other dimension. And the way to do that, we can also learn from the near death experience. In my in my experience, it was as soon as I changed to love and compassion. As soon as my thinking went from negative to this guilt, as soon as I changed this thinking into. I have to be loving, I have to be compassionate. As soon as I did that, I was back in the light. And this is usually what, what is told in the near-death experience and what people generally experience is that as soon as they, they surrender to this love or they, they, they open to this love or even there are, there are accounts of people who cry out for help. They ask 
somebody for help, a guide, and this guide takes them towards the light. And that is really the way to get there and to get out of the negative experiences, which is really important. It is really important. And, you know, we live in a world uh, where so many people right now doubting and questioning their very essence. That's why we do the show that we do. I mean, the Dr. Pat show is about thriving in life. This is, happens to be our street smart uh, spirituality hour, but Monday through Friday from 10 to noon, you get to tune in to a show that is about exploring a different vibration in life to pull ourselves up from the negative. But the review that you referred to, it really is akin to, you know, to, to looking at what Scrooge looked at, you know, to looking at the people that we've harmed. Yes. But in your case, you came back transformed. Yes, I, I actually, I call it my forgiveness list. Because I was transformed and because I knew I had been ignorant and I had hurt other people, I actually made a list of all the people I would hurt I could remember in my life. And then I went knocking doors or on the phone, one by one, and then really literally, in some cases, on my knees, begging for forgiveness. This was a truly transformative experience. I, it was, I mean, I was a different person, and I felt by asking forgiveness or just acknowledging that I had hurt another person, that really gave a tremendous healing, and which was really very, very positive. And this is something I really believe that uh, we should do a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's also the message of forgiving. Of course, we should also forgive ourselves at some point. We should not hold this grudge. But, but to, to acknowledge that we have done wrong is really, that's the way out of the illusion. That's the way out of what we would call sin, which is really a kind of false consciousness. And, you know, I, ideally, though, uh, when we talk about this, ideally, Renee, isn't that something we should be doing when we're living and breathing right now today? <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I'm praying that we don't all have to go through a near-death experience, you know, before we can come back and not only forgive ourselves, but take a look at our lives and, yeah. and take this spiritual eraser, as I call it, and erase things yes, in exactly. a way that holds forgiveness and love. Yes, exactly. That, that's really, I believe, that, that's the purpose of evolution. That's the purpose of transformation. We have to keep the, the mindful awareness of where we go wrong and keep correcting it. And sometimes we don't need to ask forgiveness, but we can just change the course of our lives because now we have learned that this was a false direction. And that's really, really very, very important. If we keep going in the same pattern, in the same bad habits, in the same negative behavior, then we keep creating more and more and more of this negative energy that's ultimately going to cause us pain when we leave this life. So it's really important that we keep a mindful evolution where we keep transforming and we keep evolving who we are spiritually. Exactly. Exactly. So let's talk about what your intention is for the book. Because many people read the book, got incredible testimonials for it. I mean, you must be uh, truly honored to have so many people uh, acknowledging what you have experienced. I mean, part of this is acknowledging that what you have experienced isn't some kind of hoax or crazy thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, I have I've, I have looked at all the uh, I have looked at all the evidence too, and I really confirm my own experience in every way. 
Well, well, what I have done uh, within the book is uh, I, it, it is split up in two parts. The, the first part, which I call the afterlife, is, is where I tell my own story, my own awakening. But then I go through the evidence of the near-death experience, and I look at the scientific evidence. It, this would be for somebody who's not quite convinced, and so there's a lot of evidence, scientific evidence in here. And then I look at what this means, what this can tell us about religion, what this can tell us about philosophy, and what this can tell us about science, or we should say where the near-death experience can actually meet science. So this is the first part. And then after having gone through the evidence, the convincing part, then I, I, I go into which is really the, the, the purpose of the book, which is the second part, which I call awakening. And this part starts with the question, who am I? And I, I, I go through this in a whole chapter. I look at Western enlightenment. I look at Eastern enlightenment. I look at these concepts to really understand, truly to understand what enlightenment is. And to put it in one word, it, enlightenment is the light that we experience in the near-death experience. And that light is our true nature. So enlightenment means to become aware of that light within us, that we all have that light within us when we are aware, when we are fully conscious. And then I go through the stages of the, of the, of the near-death experience. I go through what happens when we leave the body, when we actually die, and what actually happens. And then I go through what I had, the negative life review. I explain actually what hell is and what sin is, and I explain how this in the context of the near-death experience can teach us something that it's not this punishment. It is the light, the love that is always there, even if we have a negative experience. And I should say it's only about 15% of people who have near-death experience who have a negative experience, so it's by far not all. But even those who have, they all say that on a whole, the, the experience is positive. And what's very important to note about the light is that it is not it is not an angry God as all, as some religions would have us believe. It is very, very loving. It is very, very compassionate. It's truly like a grandparent that takes care of a grandchild. It is just there to teach us where we have gone wrong. That's really the, the ultimate goal of it. And, and what it's there to teach us is what is, is next, what I talk about here in, in, in the ninth chapter, is really the golden rule. And this is really everybody says that, it is really about love, and the way to respect love is really to learn the golden rule. That is really the foundation of it. And from this, I take a, a little look on the world where we are today, some of our, our, our ignorant conflicts. I call it the shadow game because we are really ignorant. The way we do politics and when I look at TV, we are really, really ignorant about this ultimate reality that it is really love. So after going through this, I, I end of what, which is the ultimate goal of the book called Final Liberation. And here is actually where I put in all my, my personal knowledge and all my research, both of the near-death experience, but also of other religions such as the Tibetan Book of the Dead. And I actually uh, do a step-by-step -step guide on how to enter the life when we die or the light when we die, how to go in heaven, you could say. That is my ultimate goal because... The, the title, Awakening After Life, is for people to, I encourage people to awaken now before it's too late. And then also it is with the intention, I do not wish anybody to have a negative life review. Therefore, I explain what the negative life review is and more importantly, how we can avoid it so we can all go towards the light, so we can all go to heaven. That is really my, my, my purpose for writing it. And, and it, is, um, it is so well written in terms of what you've just described that we get the sense of not, n not, let me say this, you answer a lot of questions, but it really broadens our perspective 
for questions of a higher order. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, well, what I have done, I, I have... I have taken my own experience, my, my personal experience of the light, and then I have looked in this world for spiritual knowledge. I've looked for quotes, sources of books, religions, and whatever I could find that expresses the light of my experience. So these I, I put in the book, and I have, I have a lot of sources and many powerful spiritual quotes that are put there to transmit the power, the spiritual power of the book. And that is really also my intention, to transmit the spiritual energy, the spiritual power of the light of the other dimension. Well, many people uh, I know listening to this show right now live, and of course those folks of, that will listen to the show um, uh, through the archives and many, 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 many times and many people that it will reach. You know, the question always is about the light. Do we enter it? And if so, how do we do that? I mean, that. There's so many different ways that the light has been portrayed yes. uh, in media, on television, in religion. Yes. And some religions say, how dare you approach the light? You must, be, uh, you, you must wait for the judgment. You must wait for the questions. You must no, wait. No, 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 no. You know what I'm saying? How yes, dare you approach the light? Yes, because and, if somebody wants to punish you. <laughs> well, that's right. I mean, you know, you better make sure you got your ticket at Ticketron or you're not getting yeah. in. Yeah. You see, the punishment does not come for God. In a way, what people call punishment in this dogmatic integration is our separation from God. That was my own experience. And also when you study the religions and when you study philosophy deeper, you really find that the, the deeper meaning of sin means to be separated from truth. And this is, in a way, to be separate from God. And in my own life review, negative life review, I saw this action as being separate from the true nature of reality, which was love. And this means I was separate from God. So the pain, the so-called punishment, comes from this separation from God. So the answer to getting out of this pain, to healing this pain, is just to reunite with God. And the way to reunite with God is just to remember the essence of what God is. This light is love. It's infinite love, it's infinite compassion, it's infinite peace, it's infinite joy. By remembering these qualities, either by thinking of it or thinking of a, I mean, you could even use a religious character like Jesus, I mean, his qualities will actually bring you in the same connection. As long as you connect to these qualities, it will take you into the light. That's what the show is about. It's really looking at the qualities. It's really looking at what's available. You know, you get to choose. Do I choose peace or do I choose war? Exactly. You know, do I choose love or do I choose hate? Exactly. That's it. Heaven or hell, it's your choice. We, we make the choice in a way. And we don't have to go through hell. We, we, we are the light. God is not here to punish us. The light, God is here to help us grow, to help us learn. So as soon as we learn and we turn ourselves towards love, we are out of any negative behavior. We are out of what we would call hell. We are back connected and no longer separated to our true nature, which is what God is in a way. Well, the, the caller, Jess, when she called into the show, um, the question was, was so profound and so deep. And, and it brings us back to the question of how do I find the experience? Because isn't part of the separation our continual search Exactly. For alignment. You're right, you're right. And actually, I would, I would even give the simpler answer. I mean, 
if you open TV and you look at the news, you see our, our separation. You see how deep it is. But what I do many evenings, okay, sometimes I need to follow the news and see what's happening. But many times I, I turn off the TV, I turn off the violence, the conflict. And then I go to a park that's just a few minutes from where I live. And when I walk the park, when I see the peacefulness, all these different people, and there are people from many cultures in the park, everybody is just sitting there and being peaceful and being joyful and being happy. Then when I see this with my own eyes, I know that's our true nature. That's who we are, and those are the qualities of what heaven is also. That is really what the light is. So it's there. We just need to look in the right places. You know, Renee, this has been such a great time with you. I want to continue to mention um, that, folks, you can find out about the book on Renee Jorgensen's website, awakeningafterlife.com. Uh, there is, as we've been talking about, this is a book where uh, Renee has, it really does take us through a reflection of our own consciousness, of our own living, of our, our own essence, and many people that have read the book will talk about an incredible encounter with the light and how much more. And so as we get ready to, to close the show and, and really wind this down, you know, the question I think is, are people ready for this conversation, Renee? Are you finding that people are, are curious and come from a place of, of finding more of embracing what you have to say. Yes, very much. I think I view myself, I view my generation, and I view my book and the work I'm doing, I, I, view, it as, I view it as the next level in our evolution. This universal understanding of the light of humanity as one, I really feel that my generation and a lot of people of us, you as well, people who work on this issue, that we are all helping to forward and to push this evolution because that is really where we are going. That's the only way we're going to evolve out of our conflicts and our wars and all our, our creating hell on earth, literally. That's the only way we're we going to evolve towards a more peaceful and a more harmonious state of living together as, as one human family. Well, it, it, it is the ultimate choice and decision that we get to make. And we get to really think about what we want to do in connecting to the world. I mean, this conversation, of course, is also about oneness, about bringing, bringing things full circle and understanding how we are connected. I, I was uh, picking something up in the store today, and I saw, I think, the latest um, uh, issue of Time magazine. And I yeah. pulled full on the cover I think it said something like global warming is a hoax. Oh, still. <laughs> and I thought to myself, how does this how does this get said? I mean, how do we how can we believe that out of all of who we are that we have not contributed to uh changes in the environment, to the pollution on the earth. And so you know, getting to the place where we truly believe we are one um, is something that your book really does address. Yes, and I, and I think that's where we're going because, I mean, this way, this illusion that we're all separate and that we should all compete and, and live in fear and try to kill each other, I mean, it, it is so destructive and it's so far from the true nature of reality. And if we don't learn in life before we die 
then it's going to be a very bad experience. So that's why we really need, we need the world to wake up. We need to share the information. We need to spread the knowledge because we are really, we are in a crisis. The climate is a crisis. The people are suffering the, the conflicts. We are really at a time where we need to share the information and that we need to raise the awareness so we can all evolve towards a better and more positive humanity and better world. And that's what we do on this show. Renee, thank you so much for joining us. Let's make sure people have your information, the website, and anything else you might want to give out on the show today, tonight. Yeah, just uh, the, the title of the book is Awakening After Life, and it's available on Amazon.com. And for more information, it's also possible to look at my website, which is the same, www.awakeningafterlife.com. Well, this has been an incredible conversation. And in closing, I would love for you to share your personal message, what you'd like to leave our listeners with. I would, my message is simple, is that we could all learn the golden rule a little better. I mean, the golden rule goes really deep. And I think it's Mother Teresa who said that what is not given is lost. That's really how deep the golden rule goes. That's really the message of the light, that love is really that deep. What we do not give is lost because the opportunity to love is right here, right now. Heaven is here, right now. Well, what a fabulous way to end the show. Thank you, Renee Jorgensen, for uh, joining us tonight. And I want to thank all the listeners as well. This has been uh, a wonderful conversation, certainly informative and absolutely in in inspirational. And thank you for having me. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share. I really appreciate that. Well, this will be one of these shows where people will listen to this over and over and over again. But to get a, a true experience, check out the book. Um, the way that Renee takes you through his journey and opens up the door for uh, for each and every one of us to explore what our gifts are, what choices we will make. It's really beautifully out, laid out in the book. I'm your host, Dr. Papasilli. I want to thank you all for joining me tonight to find out more about what we're doing, the many, many hours we're on radio right now and some of the projects we're working on and collaborations we're doing. Check out the website, www.thedrpatshow.com, T-H-E-D-R-Patshow.com. Also, drpatshow.com will get you there. I want to thank all of our friends at BBS Radio again for pushing all the right buttons and reaching out to millions of people. Um, such an inspiration across the globe and a lot of folks contributing to an outstanding media to get educated, get informed, and learn about the truth. Until next week, know that you're loved, know that you're blessed.